The Baseball Together Network presents the Seattle Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Julie Young. And now, Seattle Baseball Together. Welcome to this month's episode of the Seattle Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. I am Brad, and I'm joined by our host, our co-host, Jewel. Welcome again, Jewel. Hello, baseball family. Seattle baseball family. <laughs> yes, specifically our baseball. Seattle baseball family. Welcome, everybody. You're all welcome to join us on the couch this month while we uh, talk about some of our takeaways from spring training going into the regular season. Specifically, Jewel and I are going to go through the... I mean, technically, the 28-man roster is at 32 right now because of injuries, but we're going to go through the 28-man roster, and and we're going to share some of our thoughts, opinions, and things like that. And then at the end here, we're going to share our predictions for the season, uh, specifically for the Mariners, but also for the rest of the AL West because that kind the way that shakes out kind of depends on how things work out for the Mariners. So, Jewel, are you ready for um, the 2022 Seattle Mariners I season? I am so ready. I am ready, have been waiting, have been ready, and I was so like physically upset when they announced that the opener on Thursday was pushed to Friday because of inclement weather. I'm like, did I did I send you what I saw on Twitter? I don't think so. What was some, it? Some some random Kyle on Twitter was like, real shame. So many people on Mariners Twitter planned made plans to watch the opener, and now it's postponed due to weather. Real sad. The MLB needs to step it up for their fans. And I'm like, okay, hold on. None of us can control the weather. The weather so is chill there. So chill there. <laughs> However, the MLB could plan to play opening day in April in stadiums that are covered or in warm weather climates. Now, and see, I understand that. The problem that we have there is that, um, I mean, the Twins are going to have to open sometime. Right. So, and well, it's just day. opening, opening. Well, right. Series. Yes. No, I, I understand that, but it wasn't going to be the opening series. That's true. Uh, because we're, we're picking up the schedule where it left off that a week ago, Seattle, I think would have been at home yeah. opening at home rather mm-hmm. than in Minnesota. But that's, that's one of the problems that they, that major league baseball does have though, is that college baseball can work around that by teams in cold weather climates, just starting out on the road. Yeah. Right. They'll play the first like three weeks on the road and then they'll finally come home where, yeah. where they can, you know, clear the snow away finally or deal with the slush or whatever. Um, but I think that this series honestly had a day off built into it. It did. It did. Yeah. Because because they knew that this was gonna they they assumed this was gonna happen because it happens every year, so it they knew it was gonna happen. They built in a day off on Friday for it to specifically happen, so the Mariners are not playing a doubleheader. They're opening. It's just they're opening with the rest of the league. There are seven games on the seventh, and they're opening up with everybody else on yep. Friday. So it's fine. Like, am I upset? I have to wait. Yes, but there's other baseball to watch. So I can get my fix. Just have to watch the championship run start on Friday instead, yes. Jewel. Yeah, just have to. 2023 <laughs> starts on Friday. 2023 starts on Friday. That's right. That's what we've been waiting for. My buddy used to give me a hard time. I was I've been a Blazers fan for most of my life, and uh, my buddy ran into this guy. He was at like Walmart or something. He's wearing a Blazers shirt. He goes, "Oh, how about those Blazers?" He goes, "Yeah, man, next year." So he used to give me all kinds of crap. He's like, "Hey, next year." 
next year. <laughs> I know. He, he named his fantasy football team Blazers next year because of that. <laughs> so anytime we say next year, I just I just die because it's always next year, but it's never next year. But anyway, all right, let's go through this the um the 28-man roster. Let's start with starting pitching. The starting rotation is in this order as follows. Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, and the rookie, Matt Brash. Uh, He got the nod with that nasty wipeout slider, and I'm excited for him. Me too. I think think the performance that put him over the top was against the Rockies at uh, Salt River Flats Field, Um, and he got a standing ovation from the visiting from the crowd at yeah. an away stadium. He, he absolutely, he went out against a not great team and he did exactly what you're supposed to do. Completely mm-hmm. dominate. Yeah. And this rotation is legit. You know, Robbie Ray's going to start the opener. Mm-hmm. However, Marco's going to start the home opener. He is, isn't he? Which is what they did on purpose, putting him at number three to be able to start the home opener. So, yes, he doesn't get opening day for the first time in three years or something. I think so, um, yeah. Had a good run, but he gets the home opener, which is, you know, a little bit more special, you know. Especially for him. Yeah. I feel like that's so, more special for him because he's been with the team longer, and he, yeah. he went to Gonzaga. I mean, is he from the Northwest? I think so, yeah. I think he's a native. So, I mean, so it makes sense to do it. It also makes – I feel like it makes sense to have him in that third spot. It takes some pressure off of him. Uh, he doesn't have to go out there and be the ace every single every single outing. Um, and honestly, having a guy like Marco at your third spot to go out and clean it, clear out a clear out, uh, finish out a series Rubber as match, your number yep. three. That's awesome. I'm yeah. down with that. And it Absolutely. gives it gives the it gives the rotation a lot more balance putting him there because then you would have lefty, lefty, right, right, right. So mm-hmm. it also gives more balance. You know, I'm excited for this this rotation because each of these guys on any given day can go out and get six strikeout. Easy. Oh yeah, I'm expecting at least eight from Ray every single time he's out unless oh, he's yeah. unless it's Ray a bad is, day and he's getting shelled. Ray's a strikeout machine. Gilbert, he leads, he has the highest. The highest career strikeouts per nine in Major League Baseball history currently. Yeah, he's always That's been just a like a high strikeout guy. And when he started, he I saw this crazy thing. He was on that staff in Detroit as the five behind, um, what was it, Scherzer? Scherzer, Verlander, and... Scherzer, uh, Verlander, um, Porcello. Yeah. Um, yeah, as a rookie, he was with those guys. Yeah. Who was the four? Right. There was four of them. And now all five of those guys have all won a Cy Young. Yeah. How do you feel to be a Detroit fan? <laughs> well, and one thing that's crazy too is that I remember it back in uh back in 2019. No, sorry. It was it was the 2020 season coming up at the trade deadline. There was a lot of talk about the Yankees making a deal and getting Ray from the Diamondbacks. That it's like he was like he was the hot pitcher on the market at the time, oh, yeah, and yeah. and it was like Cashman's got to go get him. Yankees fans like I seen it on Twitter. I was hearing it. I mean, Brig was just like go freaking get the guy, and then yeah. and then the Blue Jays go get him, and he goes away. He goes away to Cy Young for him. Wins to Cy Young, and then goes signs a <laughs> massive extension to go and win a World Series. So and he's yeah. super young. He's only thirty. He signed a five year deal at thirty. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think Ray like, is going to be a great fit for Seattle, especially a lefty at T-Mobile is outstanding. Yeah, very, that very friendly, especially with the lefties. outfield defense. Like he's yeah. like he's set like all the pitchers are set with our defense. But I mean, right. Yeah. Which is something that's it. I guess it's more the offense that's been the issue in the last few years, because there was there were a couple of years there with um, with Jack Z, where it was like, yeah, nobody's going to score any runs on us. Like, but we're we're going to lose every game one to zero or two to zero because the offense is anemic. Nobody can score any runs, and yeah. it's, it was like when Felix won, uh, won the Cy Young with a yeah. losing record. Yeah, he wasn't Kuma, getting any run Kuma support. Finished the third the next year because of the same reason. Yeah, he wasn't getting any run support. Yeah, but his ERA was like one point two. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was, it was <laughs> insane. Like they were both so good. Like. We had the pitching. I think that's when like Pineda was still young. Pineda was coming up. Uh, Pineda was coming up for uh, for a cup of coffee. That was a but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were a couple times that some pundits picked the Mariners to win the World Series during that time. Yeah, but it was just it was a mess. It was just the a offense, mess. It was just like it was just old. It was like we, we had were trying to be some version of a West Coast Yankees by buying old vets. Well, and there was Jack Wilson playing shortstop, batting a buck thirty. Yeah, he was outstanding at it as a. I mean, he was a Gold Glover at shortstop, but he couldn't hit his way out of a wet paper bag. Well, let's move yeah. on to the bullpen. Pen. Uh, yep, so, so we have. The... So in the bullpen, we have Paul Seawald, Drew Steckenrider, Sergio Romo, solid pickup, Eric Swanson, Diego Castillo, Andres Munoz, Johan Ramirez, Matt Festa, Anthony Mashevich. And Justice Sheffield. That is 10. Count them 10 in the ten. bullpen. 10. Uh, Two I lefties, like, eight righties. I like Sheffield in the bullpen. I love Sheffield in the bullpen. I think he it's is great, great for, for one inning. He Outstanding. Has, and he has electric stuff. He can he can let it rip. Like he can truly let it rip and hit high 90s. His problem comes his second time through the order. I feel like that's why yeah. he's great in the bullpen because he can come out face three four guys and get out of the inning no problem but when they see yeah. him again there's going to be a problem so yeah, maybe I, use him maybe use him as a setup man or a middle reliever once in a series and you're i can good. definitely see middle relief for sure um mm-hmm. you know let's say if you know any of the guys are getting shelled you have a guy who can pick eat up you know two three four yeah. innings yeah he possibly. can eat some innings for you too so that you know i feel like that's a big positive the only thing i don't like I don't. There's there's three names in here. I don't. I don't love. Who's I don't that? love Swanson. Oh, you don't like Swanson? I, I thought he was good last year. He was. Yeah, I've just never been a fan. He's been. I don't know. I didn't like him as a starter. I think the move to the pen was good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't love Swanson. Maybe that's just me. I don't he, love Festa. I don't like Festa. I, I hate feel like the Festa. Festa I I feel like Festa is a guy who's there to eat innings like specifically like he's he's only going to get in once maybe twice a week either in when they're getting blown out or when they are blowing a team out get yeah. in there just get his reps he's specific he's just specifically another arm in the bullpen that's all it is because Jerry Depoto specifically wants 10 guys in the pen rather than nine now let's get into this jewel so there was kind of there was somebody who's put on the chopping block so that they could get that bullpen to 10 and that was Billy Hamilton. He was assigned to AAA. Now, I was excited. I was ecstatic about the Billy Hamilton signing. Yeah. Like, especially as a minor league deal, like that was 
that was as team friendly as it's going to get for a guy mm-hmm. who's as electric as Billy Hamilton. We all saw it with his Spider-Man catch last week. That's what he does on defense. The problem comes on offense. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, <laughs> he's not an offensive guy. You don't put up Billy Hamilton is the guy you put in late innings when, when you need Hanniger's, a run. When Hanniger's tired, you put him in the outfield. Well, and he's a guy you put in as your pinch as your pinch runner in the bottom and the in the ninth in inning. For, literally, you put him in for T- Hanniger, you put him in for Ty France, you put him in for Cal Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Like you put him in for any of those guys. You pitch run them or you play them, you know. And then you have you have enough outfielders in your rotation on your team that mm-hmm. and guys who can play other positions that there's not going to be an issue figuring out where you're going to put him defensively if you want to keep him in the game after he pinch runs. Heck, you could bring him out and do a double switch, and you'd still be fine. There are enough yeah. utility players on this roster, but you've, you've got to have that speed late in games, you've and I, feel like, I felt like he was going to be the X factor in way too many games this season, and he's not I going agree. to be around. I agree. No, I think that was tough. I mean, yeah, because I agree. I mean, you bring him in to pitch run. We score a run. We have to go back out there. Seawold comes in. Are you going to put a fresh Billy Hamilton out in right field or a Mitch Hanniger who's been out there for eight, nine innings already? And see, I don't have a problem putting Hanniger back out there. The issue is the speed on the base pass. That There was a couple times last year Hanniger got thrown out at the plate when he maybe shouldn't have. Yeah. But And I kind of had the realization, I was like, maybe Mitch Hanniger is not as fast as we want him to be. No, he's not. <laughs> but then Hanniger can also lay down a, a sweet bunt, too. Yeah. There's just so many things that he he can do that a lot of the other guys can't. So um, according to CBS Sports, um, this is as of yesterday, Billy Hamilton's actually going to Tacoma. Yeah, I saw something on Twitter that they were going to let him play shortstop too. I don't know if it was a joke, but I saw a lot of Twitter saying that Billy Hamilton was going to line up at shortstop. You know, I don't care where they put him as long as he's in the cooler and he's ready to come up when they need him. Yeah, That's exactly. Because there are gonna there are gonna be injuries. He's gonna see time with the big league squad in 162 oh, yeah. game season. And I wonder if this 10 man rotation is a first half of the season thing, like we saw last year. How how they wanted to go, how service and Depoto they decided to go with the six man rotation, and the sixth man was a bullpen day. And then the yeah. second half of the season after the All Star game, they did away with it. They went with a five man rotation. And so I wonder if that's what they're going to do is they're going to have a 10 man rotation or 10 man bullpen to have a six man rotation. And then once the, uh, once the all-star break hits, go back to a five man rotation and bring up Billy Hamilton to have him on the bench. And I wonder if that's why he accepted a spot in, in Tacoma. Probably because they told also him the rosters are expanded to 28. So it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. They're going to go down to 26 in May. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know. I think it's. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll find the other guy because I'm I'm confident one of those guys in the bullpen is going to go once the rosters go back down to 26. Oh, um, like so I'm sure we'll find the other guy here pretty soon. Yeah. Blow a save. Blow a save. Give up a big, big run, something like that. Yeah. So that leads okay. us into the outfield. The outfielders. We have Jared Kelnick, Mitch Hanniger, Jesse Winker, Julio Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Jesse Winker was a really interesting pickup this offseason. It was, it was a trade um, from the Reds, and he, he came over. He, yeah, he came over from the Reds, and he's one of those guys talking to Denise of the 
um, North Chicago Baseball Together podcast. She knows Winker because obviously she watches NL Central Baseball. Uh, she's like, he's a really good player. And then looking into it and learning more about him, he led like the major leagues in batting average for an outfielder over the last like three seasons. <laughs> he had a terrible spring. <laughs> like, yeah, but no, he is he mashes righties. Like he absolutely mm-hmm. destroys right-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. better than dang near anyone in baseball. He's good against lefties. He can play a good enough left field. Um I think we've know, got our DH, honestly. Yeah, honestly, I think he'll be rotated a lot into that DH spot because mm-hmm. he's he's never played more than 115 games in the, in a season. And there and there's an issue too. But this is one of the things is we're going to have Kyle Lewis coming back. And I think I think he's going to be the DH. So we're going to have an odd man out in the outfield again with potentially with four outfielders. Um yeah. but Julio Rodriguez is going to be making his major league debut on Friday. That was another reason I was so upset that this that the game got pushed to Friday because I am ecstatic about Julio making his what big is he league debut do in his big league debut. Like you he's gonna know, go yard. You <laughs> he's know he's doing yard. something. He's in for the cycle. I mean, he might as well. <laughs> he might. I don't know, but I so, have to tell you, man. So real quick, sorry, real quick. Okay. So we went to a game a couple weeks ago. It was on a Friday night, and we were sitting down pretty close. I didn't realize how close we were to the field when I bought the oh, tickets. Yeah. But man, we were like right there. I don't know if I sent you a picture, but I you saw did. Julio you stretching did. before the game. I'm like this dude is enormous. I knew he was big. I, so, but this is the thing that was. I knew he was big, but seeing him that close in person, I was like, I know he's that big. Yeah, dude, him and Jared Kelenic next to each other. Him and Kelenic. Kelenic looks small. Yeah, but Kelenic's like built like a linebacker, dude. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Somebody, somebody at the beginning of spring said, uh, said Kelenic looks like he was getting ready to play running back. It was. He's he's beefed up. I'm pretty sure it was Winker after the trade. It was. It was Winker. He came over and he couldn't believe how big Kelenic was. Sorry. What? Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Um, I was gonna ask you which rookie record does Julio break of Henderson's. Does he break 27 home runs or does he break 115 or 16 RBIs or both? Um, I think he'll probably hit 30 to 35 home runs. I mean, we have to account for a slump. There's going to be a slump at some There's point during the season. I mean, um, was there a slump during Juan Soto's rookie year? No, you're right. I mean, that's what I compare him to. You know, just the the makeup, that's who he feels like. the, the age. That's who he like, feels like he's a couple of years older, so he's a little bit more mature than Soto was when he came to the MLB. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's been in the system a long time. You know, all that they were stuff. they were really careful with Julio. Um, I do specifically. I specifically remember his first at bat in spring came in in 2017. And I was listening to Rick Riz, and he said, here he comes. Here comes the future of the franchise, Julio Rodriguez. Everybody tune in and listen to see what he does right here at this at bat because this is the future of the Seattle Mariners. And he mm-hmm. lined out to shortstop with like 112 mile, miles per hour off yeah. of that. And, and he's like, not, there it is. That's what he like does. He, he squares right? What's that? that was, if that was 2017, he was like 17, 18. Yeah, he was 17 years old. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, that's what he does. He squares up everything. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I I remember and Julio's been on the radar for the second he signed. So I'm sure I'm sure everybody's heard about him by now, but if you haven't, I mean he's appointment TV. He is he is appointment TV. You gotta wa- you gotta tune in to watch Julio. He's something else to watch in person. I've I've gotten to watch him play live twice now 
and he's unreal. Even I like in, they in, let him flash in center field. They've got to because I was going to say he's a true five tool player. All of it. He can run. He can field. He can throw. He can hit, and he can hit. He can hit for power, and he can hit for average. Like I'm one hundred. He hit. He hit four hundred in the spring, and I understand that's one thing. But for a guy who has that much pressure on him to perform this spring, to be able to hit four hundred, come on, that's yeah. insane. So. Didn't he homer like the day after he got like officially on the roster too? The day of and the day after, yeah. Yeah. He, he got the call and then he went out the next day and was like, and his finger, yeah. He crushed it now. too. He crushed it. Yeah. So, I mean, I know we could talk about Julio all day. Let's We let's could we, we, we could change this to the Julio Rodriguez podcast and we'd be fine. We but probably anyway. will. We probably will. At the monthly now. meeting of the Julio Rodriguez fan club. But let's let's move on to infielders. Infielders, we have six. We have Ty France, Adam Frazier, JP Crawford, Eugenio Suarez, Dylan Moore, and Abraham Toro. Dylan Moore and Abraham Toro are, are listed as utility guys. Um Which honestly, like I get it for Toro because that's what he is. He can play yeah. everywhere, he's outstanding. Yeah, but I want him in the lineup more often. I do, and I think there'll be plenty of I think there'll be chances. Uh France. Obviously has his role locked down. He plays yes. every single day. He stays healthy. He's there every single day. If he gets hurt, then oh, we'll worry into the catchers. But um, you know, France is a lot first base. If he doesn't win a yeah. gold glove this year, if he feels the same way as he did last year and does not get gold glove consideration, I'm gonna fight someone. I'm gonna fight one of the writers. Fight <laughs> Evan White got a gold glove in 2020. Ty France. Evan White was outstanding, but Ty France was unreal last year. And I heard and he made the transition it, from third to first. Yeah, was it you who told me it was because he doesn't have the range that other first basemen do? And he was going up against Vlad. Like, let's be real. Yeah, he was. He's the darling of the league right now at first base. So yeah, you've got to kind of give him that. But, but the exact uh, same fine. thing, exact same move. I know. I know. I know. But honestly, I'm fine having a having an outstanding first baseman who flies under the radar. Yeah, no, same. The best first base in the AOS. He'll get his. He'll get his respect. Um, Adam Frazier at second base. That dude just mashes. He just gets on base. That's what he, he does. Gets on base. He he, he's, he might be. Contact. He's my favorite uh, off-season position acquisition. Yeah, I love no, Adam he, Frazier. He'll do great. And then we got our boy JP. JP we don't need to say anything strong. about. We don't need to say anything about JP. I th- I think JP makes the All Star game this year. If he doesn't, I'm gonna be so mad. Either something went wrong or um I think the problem is that shortstop's so deep that it's hard for him to get there because he's behind guys, you know, who have established themselves and the and the league actually promotes, which is an issue for him as far as popular popularity goes. But here's my issue. A Eugenio Suarez, okay. Now I know the dude can mash. I know he can hit home runs, but this is my problem. This is my this is my biggest problem here, is 171 strikeouts last year with a 198 average. <laughs> Let's look at Abraham Toro. He hit 239 and struck out 33 times in 226 at bats. I feel like that's pretty. Uh, that's that's a better way to go. Like. To me, Toro is the guy. Like the, he's the one you want in the lineup every day. You don't want somebody who's going to strike out all the time. Like I understand it's a, a 
boom or bust league, right? As far as like home runs and strikeouts go, but I don't know. I don't know. That really frustrates me. I, I feel like Suarez might have a short leash. I think so too. I think so too. Especially when you got a guy like Toro who can handle third. Well, Toro hit like 450 this spring too. Yeah. Toro's great. I think Suarez has to figure it out quick and he either has to absolutely mash. So it's forgiven. Yeah. And so it's looked the other way and play good enough defense. And then just, you know, kind of show up, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's this, this is the thing is he's going to have to come through when it matters a couple times because that's what Toro does. Oh yeah. That yeah. Is a big I mean, his defensive numbers Toro. aren't pretty. Um. And the other they thing, six. this this is one thing I'll say about Suarez, though, is that one of my favorite things about watching Mexican soccer when there's nothing on is I don't I understand like one out of every like 20 words or something like that. But then every once in a while, when somebody scores, I don't know who it is, but I do know when I get Suarez, Suarez, Suarez. So I'm waiting for his first home run. I'm really really pulling for the Suarez, 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 because yes. that's what I want. That's what I want so bad. It's the only reason I want him in the lineup. But our other guy, our other utility, Dylan Moore, I think this is his year. I hope so. He had a brutal year last year, and I really hope this is his year. Well, he was riddled with injuries all year. Injuries, inconsistency, like it was tough. But, you know, he's coming out of the spring hitting – you know, 286 with a 375 OBP. He had a, a he had a good spring, spring, but I always have a hard time with guys like Dylan Moore, though, because of Dustin Ackley. Oh yeah, that kind right? of left the back. Dustin Ackley, Dustin Ackley was a spring training all star every single year, and then he would come yeah. into it would you'd hit May and he's batting a buck twenty, you know. So yeah, I don't know. No, I am I am more optimistic with Dylan Moore because the highs that we've seen have been really great. He hit the biggest grand slam of the year last year for the Mariners. Did right, and so yeah. his highs are way higher than what we saw from Ackley, but his lows are brutal. Man, there are major issues. As con- there have been major issues as contact. I'm really hoping he's figured it out because I'm pulling for him hard. Um, yeah. Let's move on to let's move on to catchers. Yeah, he got a ton of work at shortstop in the spring. He played eight games at Did shortstop. He? Mm, okay, that's good. That's good. I think that's, I think that's a good spot for him to fill in. Honestly, that might mm-hmm. be that might be like his true position, and that might be why he did so well. Because I feel like guys struggle when they play out of position. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to catchers. We have three catchers on the roster on the rooster, as they say. Currently, we have oh. Tom Murphy, Luis Torrens, oh. and Cal Raleigh. So remember, twenty-eight man roster. So they chose to bring on an extra catcher. Um, one of these guys is going to be the odd man out. One of them is, and. I mean, they're Torrens. Did he take reps at first? Like he, like they said he was going to. He so did. He saw, he, two, he saw two games at first. Mm-hmm. Small target over there. Yeah, but this is the thing, though, is that he's another boomer bust guy at the plate. Is that, and this is this is the thing too. So this is the other thing with our catch with the, this list of catchers we have here, is that none of them have lived up to their potential to this point right like tom murphy we know what he is that's fine whatever terenz we've seen flashes of what he can be but he's wildly inconsistent 
Cal Raleigh, they keep talking about his super high ceiling, and he's relatively young. He's younger than the other two by a considerable amount. So, and he's a switch hitter. And I think I talked, I think we talked about before, like maybe have Cal pick a side of the plate. Yeah. I, right? I think, I think that would be good for him. I mean, he's not bad. I mean, no, he's, Cal, he's not. He's, he's only not 25, bad. but Torrance is 26. Is he? I thought he was older than that. Torrance is 26 and Murphy's 31. Murphy's... The last time we had a log gem at catcher, they shipped two and kept one. When was that? When, I... when we had Nola, Narvaez, and oh, Murphy. Yeah. That's right. And they shipped um, off two. They kept one and that and got one in, in return. Um, yeah. That was when we got Torren. That's when Torrens came over. Yeah. So could um the the brewers did fill their hole because they had their catcher suspended for peds they did fill their hole today i think they traded did they did they make two because i know that they got um caratini from the padres which was sure. weird that was a weird move that didn't make i don't know sense. the padres deal their ca- deal with catchers very very strange but that was you darvish's like personal catcher i know that's what didn't make any he sense he caught a no hitter last year <laughs> yeah like you just traded your best pitcher's catcher. Yeah, Does you're gonna have, have Austin favorite? Nola catch him now. So I don't know. It's strange. It is gonna be interesting to see what happens though. I I do see either Murphy or Torrens getting traded at some point this season though. I don't think either. I Murphy is obviously out of options. I think Torrens has maybe one or two options left. Um. So I don't know. I think I think Torrens gets traded. Honestly. Um, because I I think Murphy is more of a mentor position for mm-hmm. Raleigh than anybody. Yeah, he has so. to be. So anyway, all right, let's get into our predictions. Uh, what do you? Okay, first let's start with this. How many games do you see the Mariners winning this year? So to look it up, and Seattle baseball together family. Uh, if you go over to the Ball Boy blog, you go to the Fresh Outlooks. Um, actually broke down the uh, AL West. And so I have the Mariners winning 92, finishing second in the AL West, and then making the playoffs as the... I'm going to pull up another another blog piece. Not Not my way too early playoff predictions, where I have the Mariners as the fourth seed, actually. The fourth seed. Interesting. So the top wild card. The top wild card. Okay. So. Which was before I statted out all the divisions in the AL. Yeah. Um, And they finished last year at 90 and 72. So I think a two game improvement is kind. I still have the Astros on top of this division. Yeah. Um, I mean, they lost Correa, but they still have a great team. They have great young pitching. So, dude, I think Kyle Tucker might win MVP. There's a I real think chance. He's my dark horse for MVP. I don't know that he necessarily will, but I've got him finishing top five because he's. Oh, really actually, good. he's my pick for the Astros MVP. Oh, nice! There you go. Yeah, yeah. He finished second in WAR for them last year. So. Yeah, he's insane. Dude, he kills. He's so good. Um, so real quick, FanDuel has the Mariners, uh, their win total at uh, 83 and a half. I'm going to take the over on that all day long. 
every day three times on Sunday for that. Um, I'm going to say 94 wins. They're going to finish second in the division by like two games. Okay. I actually so, have them way up on the Angels. Um, uh, the Angels, I, I have the Angels. I think the Angels are closer to 83 wins than the Mariners are. Yeah, I have the Angels and the Rangers tied for third at 80 and 82. Oh, okay. I nice. I swear, swear I have them. I just have them tied at third for 80 and 82. And then I have the Athletics at 65 and 97. I still love my A's a little bit, you know, a little <laughs> homer bias there. I grew up there in Oakland. So, I gave I did I couldn't give him hundred losses. Yeah, no, I I don't think that I don't think that uh, they don't have Bob Melvin anymore. They might lose hundred games. They probably will. <laughs> they probably will. They're not paying anybody. No, they're not. Bu- they're not buying any wins. That's like mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to say, but you do have to buy wins in sports. Yeah. Like that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 A's they're over under on Fanduel is sixty seven and a half. Yeah, and I think total. the odds for the Mariners are like twenty five hundred for the World Series. Yeah. Um, let me double check it. I checked it the other day because I wanted to see if I could get a value pick out of it. Oh yeah, um, no, I saw something just, on Instagram. Just because I've got plus three thousand on Fanduel right now. Yeah, and that has gone down. Up. The Angels, the Angels are plus twenty five hundred. Everybody's drinking the Angels Kool Aid, and I'm not buying it because yeah. I have yet to see anything from their pitching staff that tells me that they're going to be yeah. consistent. I mean, don't get me wrong; I like Noah Syndergaard a lot. I really like him, but he hasn't. But he's he, thrown what two innings in two years. Yeah, yeah, and that's an issue. Sandgrass has the Mariners at eighty five. I saw today on the score they had them at eighty, finishing third in the in the AL West. But they also called Jesse Winker Jesse Winkler. So, oh, I mean Robbie Ray's a favorite for Cy Young at least. So yeah, so yeah, today's betting odds from BetMGM are the Mariners at twenty five hundred, which is even with the Angels, Giants, and Phillies. I can take that, but anyway. So top to bottom in the AL West, real quick, I have the Astros, Mariners, Angels, Rangers, and A's finishing in that order. With I the do, Mariners yeah. making the playoffs. I have the same. I have Astros, Mariners, Angels, Rangers, A's. And I've been saying for about a year now, I still think the Mariners are, are 2023 for the World Series. This year, I think a run to the ALCS would be healthy for them. It would be a healthy spot to get eliminated. It would also be a healthy trip for them to get some of that experience and uh, and then to stay hungry, right? Yeah. So I have them either as the four or five, mm-hmm. um, which for me personally, I have the Blue Jays winning the AL East, which has the Rays finishing as second in that division. That's just me personally. I think the Blue I think the Blue Jays have a better team than the Rays. Razor, they they're do. both managed by basically the same person That's because true. Montoya was Cash's assistant um, and number two. And so basically it's the same, very similar team, very similar makeups. I think the Blue Jays take another step forward and they can win the division. Um, they've bought enough talent. They, I think they can do it. So I have them lining up with the Rays in the – Wow, the Rays did just trade another one of their key pieces of the pieces that they traded uh, Austin Meadows the other day. Yeah, but they do have Josh Lowe coming up, and they have a couple really young, exciting. 
guys they got Wander Franco. They got Wander Franco. Yeah, they have a couple guys really ready to make make a make a difference. So yeah. I have them lining up there against the Rays. I have them winning in three because now the wild card three games, mm-hmm. uh, three game series, and then that would match them up against the number two White Sox, and that's where I have them getting beat. <laughs> In five, against the White in, Sox. In a game, in the series of five, I have them losing in five. In the in the ALDS against the White Sox. In the DS against the White Sox. Okay, I could see that, man. I but I just don't. I don't. Early. I don't drink. It is way too. I but I don't drink the uh, the White Sox Kool Aid either. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, they didn't. I wasn't overly impressed. Like, they, I understand the talent. Like, they have a ton of talent over there with Luis Robert, Tim Anderson. Um, Ubaldo Jimenez, they've got a great pitching staff. I just feel like it's like out for the first month. He is out for the first month, but to me, it's almost it almost feels like those guys are like walking on eggshells around Tony Larusa because he's such a hard ass. Oh (laughs) yeah, definitely. So, which means I really think, and the Twins just got someone else. They just traded for another name. They did. I didn't see who it was though. Something significant, like yet today or yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, they've, they're reloaded. working on getting paddock from paddock, the, that's from what the it, was. it was paddock. Yeah. And so I have the twins coming as at six, but honestly, with all the moves that twins make made, like they made so many moves. They did like, it's, it's less confusing now to see why Carlos Correa went there. They, they obviously, I'm sure they laid out a plan for him and like, this is, this is what we want to do. Yeah. Sonny Gray, Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela, Carlos Correa, Joe Smith, Chris Archer, Dylan Bundy. Yeah. That's, it's not a bad team in a, in a winnable division too. I still think the Tigers are going to surprise everybody and win. But oh, it's... I think, yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> got a good lineup. We got a great lineup. But anyway, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Baseball family, let us know what you think. Reach out to us in the mailbag. Go to baseballtogether.com. There is a link in the in the navigation. You can go to the page to submit to the mailbag. You can either just drop it in there just with the default, or you can choose Seattle Baseball Together. Either, either way, it all comes to me, so it doesn't really matter. So just whatever you want to do, let us know what you think. Are, are the Mariners going to make the playoffs this year? Are we, I don't know, are we getting a little, little too high on this team here? Let us know what you think by jumping in the mailbag. Uh, and don't forget, you can catch me on the big show, Baseball Together, with my co-host, Brig. Uh, that We come out with new episodes every Tuesday. Stay tuned. We have some new stuff coming your way soon that we're very, very, very excited about. Jewel, let them know where they can find you. You can find me on the theballboyblog.com. Lots of fun stuff coming out over there. Every division's broken down, so if you're wondering who the heck the – Pirates picked up. You can find that under the NL Central Fresh Outlook. If you want to know who the Marlins picked up or lost, then you can see it under the NL East. Those are all up. Lots of tasty talk. I graded all the deals this offseason. Legitimately all of the major league deals. I graded all of them. Nice. And justified it or didn't justify it. Um, I also talked about relocation. It's a hot topic right now. Really hot. We talked about it this week on the big show. Yep. I have two teams. There's two teams that are being a hot topic for relocation. I talked about both those in my blog. And you'll just have to go and see what I think happens for both of them. Go check it out. Very cool. Thanks again 
Thanks again for joining me this month, Jewel and Baseball Family. We will catch you next month after we have completed one full month of the season. And Julio's leading AL rookie of the year.